of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adore thee. Hope of a life spent with you. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether Upon the cross, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins upon that cross. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down. My God, you're altogether lovely, altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say. Altogether worthy, altogether wonderful to me. Amen. We just want to welcome you to the house of the Lord today. How many of you are glad to be here? Amen. Let's sing that song, uh, Mercy Rewrote My Life. Mercy. Rewrote my life. Oh, mercy. Rewrote my life. And I should have fallen my soul cast down. But mercy rewrote my life. Oh, mercy rewrote my life. Oh, mercy rewrote my life. 
our hearts together for our brothers and sisters in need. Many of the requests that are brought to you, those that are traveling, those that have unspoken requests, the many needs that um, deal with uh, sickness and the illness that's going around. Father, we know that you are more than enough. We believe that you can heal those who are dealing and struggling with sickness. Lord, we believe that you can protect those who are not and keep them from it. Lord, we believe that you'd move on behalf of those needs that were brought before you, whatever it may have been. We believe that you deal in the hearts of your people. And for that, we say thank you. We love you, Lord, so much for the many blessings that you've given us, Lord. And we pray that you'd come tonight just in the sweetness of your, of your presence and speak to our hearts, Lord. Whatever we have need of, we know that you can speak directly to the, to the concern, to the issue, to the question, to the discouragement, to the joy. Lord, you can, you can speak right what we have need of. And so we ask you to do that tonight. As a body of believers, we ask you to speak to us. Lord, we love you and we thank you for each other and the family and friends that we have. Lord, bless the remainder of this service. We give it into your hands now. We place it in the name, in your hands in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask these things. Amen. 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 You may have your seats. And as you're being seated, let's sing that song, His Strength is Perfect. And I believe, Sister Julia, you had a special. If you would go ahead and come on. His strength is perfect when I stray. Draw. 
heavenly pavilion of comfort and grace, taking refuge, finding blessed peace in a hidden life with Christ is where you'll find me that sister Julia if you would just stand with me uh, we'll go ahead and move on into the uh, service here and as brother Barry comes let's sing that song we exalt thee believe in see we
Praise the Lord. Sounds really good. May God bless you tonight. Look at somebody and wish them all the best in your heart, and you may be seated tonight. Good to have all of you in the house of the Lord tonight. I was not really sure who was going to be here uh, because of uh, just so many different situations, but we are honored to have all of you here uh, tonight, and we just trust that the Lord will speak to your heart and meet every need that you have because we know that certainly He's able. Uh, just wanted to say very briefly here, don't want to hold up the service at all, but I'm thankful for the help that we received there in uh, getting our books down. Brother David and Brother Lucas, we appreciate them in coordinating that from uh, Virginia. And we received the books here from uh, China that came directly to my place and then came down to here. Brother George is here tonight, and uh, he's taken uh, some of the books uh, with him. Uh, some of them are going to remain. We're going to be shipping some of them to Guyana, and uh, they're going to be going uh, to other different places as well. As some people have already called and requested for those books, so uh, we're just excited uh, to have those finally in our hands and in motion. And uh, as well today, apparently they uh, the the ship docked and unloaded books in Mexico City, and so we're excited that 5,000 or so books got. Uh, offloaded there. We're excited about that. The uh, books in Zambia uh, also uh, were received out in the bush out there, and we'll have pictures for you on Sunday. I I sent a couple out already, and uh, we're just uh, glad for the people. The people over there were just excited uh, about getting books uh, in their hands over there. And then today they were so excited about that, it it just kind of clicked with them, and they realized, this is great. Uh, This is good stuff to have books like that. So they sent me the manuscript for uh, the church age book in the Bemba language. There's, there's a couple of million people who speak uh, Bemba in, in the, that region of the world. And so uh, I received that manuscript today for the church age book in that language, sent it to Norway, uh, and tomorrow, Lord willing, it will go to China. So they'll be able to start right on that and then uh, go all the way through. So we're, we're just excited for all the activity that's going on. They may, that may not excite you, but I'll tell you what, it excites me. Because when I open up this book and I smell that ink on the paper, uh, I, I, maybe you've got to be wired a different way. You know, some people like to climb walls or whatever else. But I, you know, to me, I, I just I get all excited when I see the message going out and, uh, you know, people in those parts of the world. Absolutely free. They can have their own uh, copy of the book and, and uh, be able to enjoy it. I think it's just, just absolutely wonderful. So... Uh, We would ask you to remember those needs. I can't get pictures out fast enough, so we will uh, try to catch up on Sunday and make sure that you all get uh, pictures so that you can see the faces of the people over there who are receiving the books. We want to remember Brother Aaron McGarry and his family. They're gone to Michigan. Uh, They're going up there for Father's Day weekend. Uh, And also, if you don't mind, I'd like to remember Sister Shirley Buchanan. Sister Shirley has really... Uh, gone through it. She's had an infection in her body. She's gone through a couple of rounds of antibiotics. Uh, It's just really taken uh, the starch out of her, and she's just not really doing well. And uh, we've been asked to remember her again this evening, so uh, we would uh, invite you to remember her in prayer. Uh, We also have Sister Karen here uh, tonight, and we've been remembering her for her need for the blood pressure issue. Uh, also, as well, I, I got the message too late on Sunday, but Sister Waynette Walls, Brother Mike's wife up in Washington, tested positive again for the virus, and 
that has caused a delay uh, for her. She was going to be doing some outpatient surgery and uh, caused a delay again. So they asked us if we would remember that need in prayer as well. We have several churches now around us uh, that are closed because, and they're gone back to streaming, not only here in North Carolina, but in South Carolina and Tennessee and North Carolina. Uh, they've gone back to streaming because they've had uh, people in their church test positive. And so, um, by God's grace, uh, we have not had an instance here, and so we're thankful for that. And uh, we like to keep it that way, so uh, stay away from one another. Just think about one another, okay? Uh, because we don't know where, where people have been. We don't know where Joe's been today, right? I mean, he's here, looks innocent, but we really have no idea where he's been or what he's been up to. And uh, so we're just going to think good thoughts about him and, and leave it at that. Because I'd, I'd like, if I can, I'd like to be able to keep the doors open and for us to continue to have service, that's for sure. Um, so if you don't mind remembering that need in prayer, and uh, that, would be, uh, that would be great. We are delighted today to have the, uh, the Pritchards back. Uh, that's this family in the back here, and uh, Ben is sitting in the aisle, and then Sister Rachel. Sister Rachel, uh, we, we uh, paid a little tribute to our Sunday school teachers uh, on Sunday, and we have a little gift for you. Uh, we'd like you to come on up and receive this, and we appreciate Sister Rachel and her uh, work with the, with the Sunday school online, zooming away. And uh, the kids have really enjoyed it. Thank you. God bless you. Let's give Sister Rachel a round of applause. <clears throat> uh, it's, uh, it, I, I know I, I've, I've zoomed in on a few of the classes, and uh, it's, it's just great. You can tell they're planning and working, and, and uh, you know, the kids, they're telling me that they enjoy this. You know, they look forward to it, and so we appreciate the work that goes on. And, uh, you know, in, in the season that we're in, uh, it's just a crazy time. That's probably the, the easiest way to describe it. It's just a crazy time. So we do what we can and, uh, you know, try to minister to everybody in the flock, in the congregation, as best we can. And uh, we appreciate the sisters jumping in and, and doing that. Let's stand to our feet tonight. We're not going to hold it up any further. We're going to invite Brother George to come. And uh, let's sing that little chorus, Amazing Grace Shall Always Be My Song of Praise. We have several unspoken requests tonight. There are several people who are streaming and listening and uh, some folks that are sick and just need a touch from the Lord. And if you don't mind, uh, even if, you know, you can't see people, you know, they're, they're not here tonight, but uh, we have several in the assembly that just need a real touch from the Lord. And uh, when we pray tonight, if you have a need, just reach out to him tonight when you pray. Amazing grace shall
Father, as we move into this part of the service now, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, you would take every spirit under your control, including the speaker, Lord, and myself. We just submit ourselves to you now and ask, Lord, that you would just move in this assembly. Lord, in a small crowd, just a simple gathering of your people. But Lord, that that kind of thing doesn't matter to you, Lord. It's where your people, your believers are gathered together. That's what impresses you, and that's what, that's what stops you in your journey. And so, Lord, as you pass by tonight, I pray that you would minister to the needs of your people that are here. There's some, Lord, that are sitting in the assembly tonight that need a touch from you. Lord, they need relief of their symptoms, and they need help, Lord, right where they are. And for those that are listening and reaching out now, I just ask in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord, you would be gracious and merciful to them, Lord, who, who need your help. Father, we just commit our time tonight into your hands now and pray that you would make it profitable. Lord, may what is said be edifying for every soul, every heart, Lord. We are thankful, Lord, for what you're doing in our midst and what you're doing all over the world. We pray now that, Lord, you would just continue to inspire your bride, Lord, with great faith that soon, Lord, we may step from this dimension to our heavenly home. Have your way, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask these things. Amen. And amen. Amen. We're going to invite Brother George to come. He needs no introduction. Pull on the gift if you don't mind. Pretend you have a phone in your hand and send your amens out of your mouth. Ready? I shall forever lift mine eyes to
If you have your Bibles, let's look into the book of Luke, chapter 22. It's good to be here tonight. It's good to be in fellowship with believers. You don't have to qualify everything. And, you know, you just believe. <laughs> it's good to be here. appreciate Brother Barry asking me to speak. He's one of these short guys. You know, he asked me yesterday. <laughs> But uh, I'm, I'm a Bible preacher. We, we're instant in season and out of season. Just got to add a little water. All's well. Luke chapter 22, they're at the supper. And in verse 20, Likewise also the cup after uh, supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you. But behold, the hand of him that betrayeth me is with me on the table. And truly the Son of Man goeth as it was ordained, as it was determined. But woe unto the man by whom he is betrayed. In other words, it's all part of the plan, but, you know, he's got it coming. And they began to inquire among themselves. Now, they're sitting at the Lord's Supper. This is the Last Supper. They don't know it's the Last Supper, but it's the Last Supper. They're sitting there, a very holy occasion. And they began to inquire. That means argue. Which of them should do this thing? Which one is it? Is it me? Is it? Because uh, what's his name? A Judas. He'd been so, so slick. They didn't have a clue. They thought they were all doing the Lord's work, all the signs and wonders and so forth. Was it me? Was it me? They didn't think it was him. And, um, and there was also a strife among them. So now they get to argue. Which of them should be accounted the greatest? Who did the most? Who was the greatest? Who was the greatest? Verse 31. So they went through this argument, and the Lord finally says, Simon, Simon, Hello. Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, in other words, you think you're somebody now, but when you're converted, then you strengthen the brethren. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this occasion that we can be here with the saints. And Lord, we just pray that you would bless each one, bless the word to these that are sitting here, bless the word that goes out over the waves to the others. Help us together, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Many years later, after he was converted, over here in First Peter, let's go over there real quick, in the book of First Peter, um, chapter 4, says here that, um, you know, he's converted now. He's head of the church. He's got the keys and so forth. So he's writing this first letter to the early Christians in several communities. They didn't have Bibles. They didn't have tape recorders. didn't have all these things. They wrote letters. And they'd make copies. And they went to, went to several communities. And they were facing, facing persecution for their faith. And he wrote these words to bring uh, a message of encouragement, of hope. So in verse 7 of chapter 4, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. 
Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even to even so minister the same one to the other, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified. How? Through Jesus Christ. To whom? To Jesus Christ, not to Peter, not, no, to Jesus Christ, be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The title tonight is Let Us Be Sober. We've played church long enough. And through these three months of lockdown and all this stuff, we've kind of had to refocus a little bit. So we need to be sober. And from a very filthy, dark, damp Roman dungeon, now that's from Philippians 1.12, and facing a death sentence, missionary Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I have to go through something? We can do it through Christ. Got to walk back home tonight? I can do that through Christ. You know, Christ strengthens us. So only Jesus Christ can bring peace and contentment to every person listening. Whatever your name is, wherever you come from, however many times you read the Bible, only Jesus Christ can bring peace and contentment. I don't care what you've memorized, how many times you've read through the message, how many tapes you listened to this week. Only Jesus Christ can bring that peace and contentment. Nothing else will work. So, try to get comfortable. Uh, we won't be here too long. It's only 20 minutes to 8. So, none of you is going to bed before 10.30 anyway. So, it's okay. Um, but it'll be the truth. Okay? Now, we carry this to, first of all, we check the pulpit. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> If the pulpit's not right, well, then we got problems. But um, that's to remind me to stay balanced and remind you to stay balanced. Instead of just telling you, you can see something. Now, the dictionary says that sober means not drunk. Now, some of you used to have that habit, right? Some, some people, I didn't have that habit, but some did. So, sober means not drunk. It means temperate, not extreme or extravagant. And sober is characterized by reason, by sanity, or self-control, and showing mental and emotional balance. So, unbalanced is not sober, out of control, unreliable, unreasonable. So far, so good? Any questions? No? Okay. So, the cross, now we got the cross here someplace, I'm sure. You all know what the cross looks like. Next time I go to Israel, I'm going to bring you a nice cross. Pitiful. (laughs) The cross has a long part and a short part. The long part represents your prayer life. And as long as you keep your prayer life lined up, God will take care of the horizontal. But you go laying down on 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 the prayer life, and it's going to be very hard to keep the horizontal. So, uh, we want to always keep our focus correct and stay balanced. Now, I'm not going to bring you anything new. We're simply going to bring you the truth, maybe in a little different way. I can't preach like Brother Barry. I'm not Barry. I'm not even Canadian. I was born in Mexico City. 
That's why I speak two languages. And that's why I'm very thrilled to see this, this church age book. We've had it from, I translated this in probably 1970, probably, 70, 71. But the people are very anxious to get this in their hands, free. You know, that's the best four-letter word we know. So thank you for all your efforts. And uh, we will be getting pictures of those people with their book. But, um, like I say, nothing new, nothing fantastic. Just a way that God allows us to approach his word. Because here in verse 11 it said, If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. Now, God loves variety. See, you're seeing one person. I'm seeing the variety. Now, some of you are already thinking about where you're going to eat supper. Some are worried about Walmart. They would close at 8.30, so you can freak out Walmart. You know. But um, he loves variety, and it requires that each of us say what he has given us in Scripture and by his vindicated prophet. All that has to dovetail. If, see, this, this is our love letter. Now, people like my friend here and, and a few of us are old enough to remember when we wrote letters. You ever wrote a letter? Okay. Well, a lot of kids don't know how to write letters. But <laughs> this is our love letter from Jesus Christ. This is God in printed form. And you never put anything on top of your Bible. That's a quote also. He says, not even my books. Hello. So, being the bride of Christ, this is our love letter. And we have the, the liberty and the um, uh, authority to read the Bible and read between the lines. But what you get between the lines has to be in perfect balance and harmony with what's on the line. Okay? can't be something different. And so it's got to dovetail. So there's got to be balance. There's got to be harmony. Just like with the musicians, they've got to be in harmony. They've got to work together, you see. And uh, it's like contractors building the church or building the building out here. They're all looking at the same blueprint, but they've got to work together. It's got to be in harmony, you see. So we have to speak as the oracles of God. Oracles are God's thoughts. So if any man minister, let him do his ability which God giveth. So ministerial gifts, any gifts, they come from God. See, And they're God-given without repentance. See, that's what it says in the Scripture. But if you look in the, in, the, in, the, in the margin, it says irrevocable. See, um, the singers today. Now, we always refer to Elvis Presley, but, you know, the, the current singers. They, God gave them that voice. But they made a decision to use it for the devil. So when, when they choose to go to the devil, God didn't rip their, their voice out. It's irrevocable. It's God-given. You know? And so um, it can't be revoked. So I'm, I'm here by invitation. But God gives the ability. He gives the inspiration. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. All the praise goes to Jesus Christ. So if somebody comes to this pulpit and promotes something other than Jesus Christ, you got the authority. You, you, you can just sit there, you know, just freeze up. It's okay. Because ministry comes here to promote Jesus Christ, to show how to get out of here, you know. So the praise, honor, respect isn't to any man, not even to William Branham, to any organization. We have one headquarters. That's heaven. So Jesus Christ is the important person that's here in spirit form. He's the one that brought you here. He's the one that's going to feed you and going to get you to your bed, okay, tonight, okay? And um, so we only go worship 
and, and adore our Lord, our Supreme Commander. So the question is, who are you following today? Are you following Jesus Christ? Is what you follow balanced? Or is what you follow extreme or extravagant? Our prophet says in 1963, White Little Bethlehem, I worship God when I worship Jesus Christ. I don't worship some fiction or some kind of historical something. I worship Jesus Christ, the presence of Jesus Christ right now, which is his word that's manifested in this age. God in every age allotted his word from the beginning, and every time in which one of those ages passed by, God sends down an anointed prophet for that age. In the days of Noah and the days of the rest of them, he made the promises. I don't care what kind of condition the church got into, he always does that. He sends a man anointed, for the word of the Lord comes to the prophets. Now, you've heard all of these things before. You're just going to be in a little different order. So this is the puzzle. God will put it together for you. It says, he stood there, each prophet, and was condemned by the organizations of that day, but he stood on the word and made the word live. So beginning back in Genesis 1.11 and many other scriptures farther, we learn that there is an order to God's way of doing things. Every tree, every bird brings forth of its kind. From your house to this church, you had to come by many organized churches. They are producing more of the same kind, you see. And we're only out here doing missionary work to find out where the other eagles are. They don't know they're eagles yet. They know there's something different, but they haven't heard the call. And so we're not trying to fill up these churches, just trying to find the ones that are eagles, you see. And so everyone produces after its kind. So uh, over here in the church ages, each one also is producing after its kind. We see the variety, you know, as we travel through each country and so forth. And um, Jesus said over here in Matthew 28:19, teach all nations. Remember that? Well, in Spanish it says make disciples. That's the same thing. If you teach somebody, you've made a disciple. So make followers, make imitators. And that's a long way from a dry-eyed conversion. Because we have people today that, oh, just look at this picture and everything's okay. No, it's not okay. You're a sorry sinner. You've got to come to the foot of the cross. Then you start your journey, you see. So we're back to Catholicism, and that's the highest form of idolatry. For our highest form of spiritualism. And idolatry is everywhere. We've got people carrying spoken word books that are promoting idolatry. It's pitiful. So teach means to make a disciple, and it's not automatic, you see. Um, word produces word. Baptist produces Baptist. Methodist produces Methodist, and so forth. And uh, we're not talking about clones. We're talking about Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay? Now, on page 187, paragraph 53 in the Church Age book, if you want deity in your midst, welcome and receive the word. Don't let anything or anyone come between you and that word, because that is an idol. Whether it's your twenty or $30,000 car, whether it's your pastor, whatever it is, don't let it become an idol. See? So it's pleased the God of glory to make use of the spirit of Elijah five times during the course of history. Okay? Elijah, number four, lived in our time, spoke our language. And many years ago, he said this in a message called Resurrection of Lazarus. Lift up your heads. That means listen, be sober, refocus, pay attention. Like when these little kids, you know, you've got to get their attention sometimes. Lift up your heads. Redemption is drawing nigh. Get ready. Signs and wonders are appearing. 
critics and infidels will wax worse and worse. Yeah. The man of God said this in 1950. Back when, you know, that was even before Andy Griffith. I was way back there, you know. So what are we going to do? Feel sorry for them? Be nice to them? Try to reason with them? He says we've got to put up with them. In other words, they're not going to go away. But we're not looking to them. We're looking to God. So we focus on, we focus on God and His Word. So remember, God is not the author of confusion. All the stuff going on. If you want to get sick and you want to have ailments, watch TV. Listen to the news. Try to make a decision who's right and who's wrong. Forget all that. Put your time into the Word. The Word says that um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. You're only going to know it if you get into it. It's not by osmosis. So, here in 2020, it's all about what you choose to focus on. You see, you do have a choice. Where there's total control, there's no choice. That's called socialism. Like in North Korea, like in Cuba, like in Venezuela, like in some other places. And it's getting that way here. If, if you don't have a choice, then you're, you're, you're restricted. See? Yeah. So, um, the way that, uh, you know, what you could hear them say is, uh, you, you do what we say. You live and die by our interpretation. You have no voice. And that's, that's what socialism is, see. Now, um, Venezuela is very, very bad right now. We are sending food into there. We're sending white bread. Yeah, I got a box that I buy. I can put uh, nine loaves of bread. It gets there. I buy it for $1.32. They can sell it for $3. Now, that money's not coming back to me. This is missionary money. It's gone. But they're, they're producing something, you know. Uh, and you know what they love best? Those um, Little Debbie oatmeal cakes. They love them. There's 12 in a box. And it says on their... Oh, wait a minute. There's 12 in a box. They're individually wrapped. And it says $3 on the box. But they can sell them for $3 each. Yeah, everybody's tickled to death. So we're, we're trying to help them. Look, the messenger to the fifth church age was Martin Luther. We all know that. He died over 470 years ago. And um, he uh, protested the Catholic Church when he nailed his thesis on the door. At that time, the Bible was only available in Hebrew, Greek, and Latin. But God used Martin Luther to translate it into German. And from there, it came to English, and we have King James today for the last 400 years. Okay? But he had a very busy mind. And he said, you go study Scripture. Quit asking questions. So he was studying Psalms 71, uh, right here, 71, uh, 1 through 3. In thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be put to confusion. Deliver me in thy righteousness and cause me to escape. Incline thine ear unto me and save me. Be thou my strong habitation whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my rock and my fortress. So anyway, he's reading that and revelation struck him. And he said to the brothers there in the, in the convent, Oh, if only everyone could understand these words, how much better they would understand God's righteousness. So God's righteousness started to bloom out, you know. So the superior was 
standing there close. And what, dear brother, is God's righteousness? Well, exactly what Scripture says, that it delivers and does not merely judge. And the superior said, a rather interesting interpretation of Scripture. Did you learn that on your trip to Rome or your study of the church fathers? No. From your own personal study of Scripture? And Martin Luther said, well, to the best of my knowledge, yes, that's where I learned that. The superior says, there's only one proper interpretation of Scripture, that which the church has established. What if Scripture were in the hands of the common man for each individual to read in his own language and interpret for himself? What then? Because they wanted total control. People are stupid. They can't read. We'll tell you what it says. So Luther says, well, we might have more Christians. (laughs) The superior says, Latin has served the church for centuries. Latin was good enough for St. Jerome and St. Augustine. And Latin will have to be good enough for you and me and every other Christian from here to the end. Well, guess what? It didn't work that way. We have Bible on all these languages. We've got the man's words, the prophet's words. So it has to be in their language. What if the message came in French and you had to listen to a translation? You think you'd sit still for that? Americans aren't going to sit still for that. You know. So that's not the freedom that's promised to the believer of the Word of God. That's called absolute control. And when I see people in this message through different means controlling, I back away. You're called to do that? Fine, I'm not. That's that's your baby. I'm not going to fight them, not going to preach against them, but it's not God's program. It's very, very dangerous. We are free in Christ, and we make choices every day. You chose to come to church. Other people are at the lake. Other people are at the movies, whatever they're doing, you know. So John 8:36 says, if, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. But if you choose to go and be bound by any religion, that's your choice. In verse 32, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. That's what we're trying to do. So people that are photographers, they understand about choice. They choose what to focus on. They can choose to focus on the eyeballs of this little boy and everybody else is faded out. You know, you can do that. Parents understand about choice, um, what to focus on. Uh, You know, this man raised four boys. I'm sure it wasn't all just (laughs) nice little Christian boys. I raised kids too. I never knew when they were lying. Fine. All three of you get whipped. (laughs) Simple solution. Did they ever... Your boys ever lie? Wow. <laughs> you probably have a pedestal waiting for you in heaven. <laughs> but um, so you, when, you, when, you get, when you're raising kids, you, you can choose to, I didn't see anything, you know, or you can get involved and just tear them up. You know, you've got a choice. Ministers understand, you know, we try hard to find a solution to your problems and not dwell on the symptoms. Deacons understand about choice because, you know, every service, especially in a large church, every, every service, deacons have to perform triage. Yeah, because they know that this lady cannot sit next to this lady. So they have to, they have to kind of, you know, play chess every service and kind of spread them out. So as free human beings, we decide where to focus, where, you know, what part of the problem. So you can choose to be miserable and complain. Or focus on the silver lining of every dark cloud. Yeah. You know, and uh, have faith for a way out of it. Paul, the first messenger, he said, There has no temptation or trial ever taken you, but such is his common demand. You're not, you're not the first one with this problem. 
But God is faithful. Can everybody say, God is faithful? God is faithful. All the time. And uh, he will not suffer or allow you to be tempted or tried above your capabilities. But will with that temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Wherefore, my beloved, flee idolatry. Wow, why is that in there? Because it's a problem. In Matthew 24, when they asked Jesus the questions, you know, when is these things going to be and so forth? The first thing out of his mouth, see that no man deceives you. Flee idolatry. That's anything between you and God. Okay. So, Abraham. We know that he was raised in a home that carved and polished and sold idols. He lived in very interesting times. A lot of temptations, trials, choices, deceptions. And so, um, but he stayed true to the vision once God got a hold of him. See, he was very sober. He stayed focused on the promise. And why? Because God said so. A lot of, a lot of, in Abraham's life, there was no evidence. Only because God said so. You see? So he didn't rely on his imagination. He didn't rely on, on explanations. And God fulfilled his spoken word and turned them back to a young couple. Mm-hmm. And even better than original. Because originally that woman couldn't have no babies. So when he did his job, better than original. It's a long story. We're not going to get into that. But he, Brother Ram says he showed in Abraham and Sarah what he's going to do to you and your wife one of these days. Yeah, you and your wife. You and your wife. He's going to do that. Turn you back young again. Abraham and Sarah was our examples. Mine's already young. She's waiting for me. Yeah, it's not a problem, you know. She's waiting. She left in November of 06. And before she left... This wasn't just anybody. This, this, this lady spent 19 years with William Branham. She knew what faith was. She knew what miracles were. And I told her, I said, now look, God can, can in the next 10 or 15 ministry make you like new. You know that. But if he chooses to take you, then you get with your dad and you wait for me there. Well, that was in October of 06, a long time ago. So about a year ago, a friend of mine had a dream. And in this dream, he says... You know, called me crying one Sunday morning. Oh, I had this dream. So he called me and says, yeah, I was in this uh, uh, dream and I was in heaven. And I was talking to William Branham. We're talking and asking a lot of questions, a lot of things. And he said, and here on, on, on Brother Branham's arm was this, was this girl, young girl. And he looked at her and he thought, well, that's Rebecca. And she gave him a big smile. And she says, you tell George I'm right where he told me to wait. Yeah, it's real. So she's waiting. So, friends, we're God's children, but it's not because of what your name is or who your grandpa was. It's by God's amazing grace. Okay? And we will focus on the Word, and we will stay balanced. Okay? So we're not confused. We're not irritated. We're not frustrated. And we're not wasting time on the Internet with negative issues, are we? Because you're not going to help those people. They've made a choice to speak against the truth. Leave them alone. Just leave it alone. Flee idolatry. Flee confusion. So in every age we've had sinners, infidels, people trying to prove God's Word to be wrong, completely turning their back on the God of heaven. Israel tried that approach several times. It didn't work out too well. God would bless 
And you know, they'd get screwed up and okay, so things happen. So today, those that are opposed to God's way are becoming the majority. With federal funding, protection, it's like a dark cloud that keeps building. And Jesus faced this kind of opposition and doubt. He was 40 days in the wilderness and temptation in Luke 4. And then he was on the cross. If you be the Son of God, if thou be the Christ, if thou be the King of the Jews, well, he says they'll have their reward also. In every age, we've also had honest, sane people who choose to live by God's word and leave the final judgment to a righteous God. Amen? We become, we're becoming the squeezed out fanatics, the targets, and uh, the hunted minority. It's what we're becoming now. Isaiah 51.6 says, Lift up your eyes to heaven, look upon the earth beneath, for the heavens shall vanish away like smoke. Now, these prophets are writing what it looked like to them. Okay? Today we're seeing that this might just become a reality real quick. Heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and earth shall wax old like a garment, and they that dwell therein shall die in like manner. But my salvation shall be forever, and my righteousness shall not be abolished. It will never pass away. So the Christian walk is not a walk in the park. Don't have to tell you all that. You know that. Jesus told us over in Luke 21, 28, And when these things start to come to pass, you band together and call the lawyer. No. Call 911? No. No. Call head office for instructions? No. Look up. You refocus. You lift up your heads. You see. Why? Because your redemption is drawing nigh. So all this that's going on today is simply fulfillment of Scripture. We've been warned that it's coming. It's not going to be easy. It's not logical. It's not right. But it's happening. So imagine that you're in a large stadium... And that there's a basketball or whatever's going on. And there's 50,000 people in this stadium. And everything's having a big time and all. But you look, being as you're, you know, got eyes for faith, you look over at the extreme over there, and you see that wall starting to fall like an earthquake. Now, these people, they all think they can fix that. Oh, not a problem. We'll put that back together. But we know that it's not going to be put back together. We are headed to the gate. So all these things that are happening are simply, um, we know they've been, they've been predicted, but there's steps we're taking and we're going to just take off. So, um, we also have amongst us the smart people who believe it's their job to help God. Well, guess what? God doesn't need your help. Forget it. The fence at the zoo is, you think that's for the protection of the lions and the bears? They can take care of themselves. No. You know, they very well take care of themselves. They don't need help. And God doesn't need our help. All he asks for is obedience to his word. It's real simple. And that's why he sent a simple man from Kentucky with a simple message. Two words. Only believe. Not go figure. Only believe. Okay, so obedience to his word, not a 21st century explanation. Now, why is this important? Because Hebrews 2.1 says, Therefore, we have to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip or drift away. Well, um, in the Spanish Bible, 
It says, lest at any time we should slip. Puts the action over here with us. You know, in two other translations, in the Williams Bible, it says, this is why we must pay much closer attention to the message once heard, to keep from drifting to one side. And in the Rotherham Bible, it says, holding fast unto the things that we have heard, lest at any, lest at any time we drift away. So it's not just that the truth can drift away. We can drift, you know. So the bride has made herself ready, and the word will hold us, okay. It will hold us, although we might drift. We might forget the word will hold us. You know the story Brother Bram tells about the, the, uh, the uh, Indian chief out in Arizona that was converted one year, and he comes back a year later. Hey, chief, how you doing? Oh, chief, not good. Uh, what's the matter? Well, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. And so he asked him, well, what do you mean? Well, he said, like, something like, like there's a white dog and a black dog inside, and, 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 and you know, they're fighting all the time. And Brother Ram says, well, well which one wins? Well, it depends on which one chief feeds the most. Now, I got news for you. In the 21st century, you don't have to feed the black dog at all. He feeds automatically. From the morning to night, if you're driving, if you've got the radio on, if you're looking at the sign... The black dog feeds automatically. You better be feeding the white dog. Okay. As ministers, we have a very awesome responsibility. Now, this is very focused. In Discernment of Spirit, 1960. This is Brother Bram's prayer. And if you haven't done any study, you'll find that his prayers are very, very interesting. Because he's locked in. He's praying. He's not looking at all these spirits. He's praying. He says, Our Heavenly Father, I want to express, if I can this morning, how in my heart I feel towards one, the holiest holiest of holy coming down to earth and to redeem a sinner like myself. That's a great sentence. I wish I had come up with something like that. And I'm sure that these ministers that's present now can feel the same way, that it was by your grace that we have been made ministers of this covenant that thou hast given with Adam's fallen race. And we are here this morning, Father, gathered for no other purpose but to know and to study to know, rather, the will of God and what we must do to make Christ real to the people of this generation. He's one of many in this sentence. We have a responsibility. How to make Christ real to this generation. Knowing surely that in the day of the judgment we will be brought face to face with this generation, and being ministers, we'll be judges. And the people to which we have spoken and their attitude... Okay, and ministers, we'd be judges, and the people to which we have spoken and their attitudes towards the word that we bring them will determine their eternal destination. Therefore, Lord, in that day we would be a judge for or against the generation that we preach to. Father God, please, through Jesus' name, let us not say one word that would be wrong, but may we have sincere hearts and open mind that we might receive the things that's yours that we might be able to go out into our different fields of work after today and be better equipped because we're meeting with you this morning. Grant it, Lord. Wow. That ought to be on every preacher's refrigerator, you know. Questions and answers on the seals. Now, take my advice as your brother. Don't put your own interpretation to anything. If that one sentence had been put to work, the last 50 years, we wouldn't have, you know, 157 churches in North Carolina. 
We could have a fellowship meeting and they'd all be there. We can't do that today, even without the virus. You just go and live a good Christian life because you'll only wind yourself away from the real thing when you do it. What? Put your interpretation to it. You just go ahead and just remember what you're told. Live a Christian life. Now, of course, if you don't know what that means, then we need to have Sunday school three days out of the week. So, live a Christian life. Go to your church. Be a real light wherever you are. Just burn for Christ and tell the people how you love Him. Not arguing doctrine. Your neighbors really don't care what William Branham said. They don't care about marriage and divorce. They don't care about the 70 weeks. They want to see if you love Jesus Christ. So, live a Christian life. Go to church. And just let your testimony be with love all the time with the people. But we're so eager that people know what side of well, we believe this. and we, we don't care what you believe. Just live the Christian life. Let your testimony be with love. And that's the recipe for balance. It's very simple. So people everywhere are watching your life. They're qualifying. And especially now in this pandemic, they're watching how you're getting along. You know, we say a lot, but can we live in balance with our words? Oh, people are just quote machines, you know. But what do they live like? Francis of Assis was a uh, Catholic priest. Brother Ramsey was a gospel preacher, so we'll take his word. He said, preach always, use words when necessary. Wow, that says it all. Brother Bram says, live your message. Same thing, you know. So, we are the continuation of the book of Acts. We have a whole study on that, but we're gonna, when, I was going to start that tonight, but, you know, it takes several visits, and who knows when the pastor's going to invite me back, so we're not going to start that. Um, but uh, I, I love this guy. When I first heard his testimony going to, going to Rome, I thought, he's got something, you know. And then I went to Canada and met all his relatives. That's a different story, too. But uh, <laughs> we are a continuation of the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit, in the believers. And there's people being baptized every week. Now, we don't see it much in America because America is burned over, you know. But in the other countries, every week people are being baptized. God's servants are under pressure. They're under a lot of pressure a lot of places. I know a brother that was uh, caught by the, the drug people. And he was, he was uh, blindfolded, and they stripped him naked, and they said, you got one hour to live. And there's a big hole right there where they were going to shoot him, bury him, nobody ever know where he's at. Well, if I've got to go out preaching, I'll go out preaching. There's 25 people with machine guns. So he's preached to them. When he was done, uh, 15 of them were baptized. It's still happening. Um, People who not too long ago were very high-profile international drug dealers, they're now baptizing people every day, preaching the gospel. So, Brother Bram says, what you are somewhere else is what you reflect here. What your celestial body is somewhere else is what you're reflecting back here. In the spirit land, he says it for the third time, what you are is what you are here. If you are still vulgar-minded and so forth, all that stuff in the spirit land, then you're vulgar-minded here. If you've still got malice, envy, strife, 
in the spirit land at that. It reflects back here. But if your whole innermost being has become cleansed and purged, it shows that you've got a body out yonder waiting. And that's been cleansed and purged, and it's reacting back here in the flesh, you see. That's why it says, if this earthly tabernacle be dissolved, we have one already waiting. There's one waiting for you if you've been totally purged. In another translation, it says, For we know that if our earthly house were destroyed, we still have a building made by God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heaven. Now, this isn't fantasy. This is reality. It's not a play on words. God loves you in 2020. Okay? In the message, we would see Jesus in 1957. Oh, brother, Pentecost is not a denomination. It's an experience that belongs to everybody. It's what we need. And Pentecost is nothing but the vindication of a resurrected Lord Jesus, which is the same yesterday, today, and forever. One sentence says it all. It's been misconstrued and so forth. It's been impersonated. But that only shows out that the real Christ uh, shows much better to me. If you see a bogus dollar, you know, a fake dollar, it means there's a real dollar somewhere. So Pentecost is Christ, the anointed word, manifested to the believer in every age. Right here today. In the masterpiece, 1964. So when we see that our life here is in the negative, and knowing that we're in the image of some life somewhere, then we know that there's a positive somewhere that the light has struck, and it's only reflecting something here on earth. And we are only that reflection. The genuine object is somewhere else. If that isn't that way, then I'm the worst deceived man in the world, and I've spent my life in vain. Now, these are pretty strong words, but it's, it's as much as message as anything else. These are realities that we're bringing to you, you see. But I know beyond a shadow of doubt that it's there. So someone somewhere will manifest and is manifesting the truth of God. People are living this somewhere. I think I'm looking at some of them here, okay? And... Um, they're living it naturally. It's not patched on because what's patched on, when it gets hot, it blows off, you know. And um, you know when you're talking to a genuine believer. And you know when you're wasting time and you better just talk about the weather, you know. So too many are trying so hard to live up to a standard with a patched on religion. What grandma expects of me. What brother Barry expects of me. What this, what that. You know, friends, we must be drinking at the fountain of living water. This message that Brother Brennan brought isn't an end in itself. It's only the vehicle that brings us into the living word. This is still the Bible. This is where he got his messages from, you know. So, in the message, Thirsting for Life, he says, just take a drink from there. You'll never have to hear another sermon on morals, how to dress, how to act, how to conduct yourself. So, we have to participate. We can't just sit there, oh, yeah, brother, brother gets message and go eat. No, no, it's got to be part of you, you see. Because without taking a drink, you can go to church every day. You can memorize God's Word. You can uh, act like a Christian, memorize everything Brother Brown said, and land in a devil's hell. And it's not pleasant. I know a certain person that 25 years ago, her brag was that she had heard every tape eight times. but you better not cross her because that's like a buzzsaw going backwards. Well, you know, sometimes the people, they, they considered that the preaching was for those other people. Oh, that, that's for so-and-so, and that's for so-and-so, and you went home with nothing, you know. 
So, uh, because you never took a drink, you've got to participate. You can be a church goer right here in 2020, but you have to be, take a responsibility. And if you're just coming to please your mom, if you're coming to please your dad, if because you're afraid Brother Barry will call you, where have you been? Well, then you got the wrong attitude. You better get straightened out. Nothing else will take care of the problem. You have to take a drink. So Christ has to be real to you, the individual. You've got to be sober. You've got to you know, get with the program. So the days of playing church are over because we're headed straight to the resurrection We've been talking about it. We've been preaching about it. But now we've got just, you know, half a mile left. It's right there, you know. And, um, and not everybody carrying these books. I mean, we love these books and it's life. And, you know, I can read this perfectly. I translate. I've, I've been over this book who knows how many times. I, I punctuated it. Put the paragraph numbers, everything. This is my book. But everybody carrying these books isn't going to heaven. Books are going to burn one of these days. And everybody not caring, you know, they're not all going. And, um, but we have to make a decision today. Today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow, you know. Brother Ram says, The gospel and the power of Almighty God is spread around the world, and the separation time is now taking place when God is calling a bride and the devil is calling a church. Let me be part of that bride. So everyone wants to be part of the bride. And um, to be part of that great number, God's universal bride around the world, every language in this age, we've got to meditate on the following. Realize that since the book of Acts, God's Spirit is moving through seven ages. There's a particular message for each age. And we're in the seventh age. We have a precise word and instructions for today. Pay attention or you will be left behind. Okay? And understand the bride members were predestined by God before the foundation of the world. He knows the exact number. See, we know how many Jews. It's not our business, but we know that it's 144,000. Not one more, not one less. And over here, the bride, we don't know the number. But likewise, not one more, not one less. See? So the gospel has been preached by God-sent men from Ephesians 4.11. Not by some mechanical device. Not, sure, we have tape recorders. Yes, we got it on our phone, all that. But the gospel has to be preached. You see, and uh, many are attracted. Some respond, but only a few can say amen to all the word. Okay, and this is not a cafeteria where you just pick out your favorite part and sleep during the rest. No, it's all God's word for you. But just like every church I go to, there's three kinds of believers. And uh, that's how you can know that you're predestinated, predestinated by God if you can say amen to all the word of God. Okay. Stay, stay tuned and stay true, stay balanced, stay sober. No private ideas. Brother Bram says, I'd rather be wrong in my doctrine, got screwed up, but right in my heart, than to be right in my doctrine and wrong in my heart. Because the right spirit, the right heart, will take you to the right doctrine. But the right doctrine won't always take you to the right spirit, you see. And God will find you. And bring the gospel to you at an exact time. When we get to heaven, there will be time to listen to every testimony because we'll have no watch. Everybody came at a certain time, at a certain set of circumstances, you see. So now, God dealt with Moses from his birth, right? Uh, they were throwing the male babies to the crocodiles. The crocodiles were fat. And um, 
the river was alive with crocodiles. And so Moses is born, no lights, no nothing, just baby's born. And his mother makes this little crib, you know, sprayed it with, with anti-crocodile spray and puts him in the river. And she tells the, the girl, I watch that, watch where it goes. So just so happened about that time, down comes the princess of the land to take a bath in the river. And here's this basket. And Moses is named by a pagan princess. And it's been right through history till today. So Brother Bram says, Now Moses, after taking the situation in his own hand, found out that he was a total failure. He ran from the presence of Pharaoh, presence of God, stranger back there for 40 years. And he married an Ethiopian girl, and she had a lot of temper. Ooh. And Moses had a lot of temper. That was his trouble. And I imagine things weren't so peaceful back there on the backside of the desert at times. But God gave it to him. Thank you, Lord. And um, in other words, it was tough. Maybe not always pleasant. But it was God's program. Now, if you think you married a woman that has a little bit of temper, maybe God's trying to tame you down a little. And vice versa. So Zipporah was kind of a high-tempered woman. I'd imagine things wasn't too peaceful at times. And then back out there, what was God doing? Schooling into the man's mind what the program of God was. Imagine God using a high-tempered woman, a high-tempered wife, to speak some sense to a mighty prophet. How much more to people like me and you? How long after you got married did you learn to say, yes, dear? <laughs> the sooner you learn to say, yes, dear, things will work real smooth. So speak some sense into his mighty prophets. Sober him up. Moses, like all the prophets, like all the preachers, was human. Okay? And so God gave him this wife. Now, in the, in the palace, he was Mr. Somebody. He didn't even have to dress himself. He just put his arms out and they dress him. He snapped his fingers and things happened. Now he's out here and he's in the desert and the sand's blowing and it's hot and they live in a tent, no air conditioning, no fans. And he's out there with those stinky sheep. Now, sheep have beautiful nature, fine but they smell. And there's only one path, and we're all on this same path. So, you know, they didn't have shoes like mine. They had sandals. And so, where's she all day? She's there trying to keep this tent clean, nice for him, and when he comes back. So, when he comes home, first thing she says, Moses, oh, the shoes. Oh. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this place clean. Take them off. Every day, same thing. So... Uh, one day he's out there with the sheep, and he sees that, that bush burning over there. Wow, that's odd. And he goes over there. There's no lighting, no nothing. And he got within however many feet from it. First thing God says, Moses, take off your shoes. <laughs> See, he'd been trained. If he just paid attention. <laughs> so... 
Moses is back there waiting, herding the sheep in the desert. There's a perfect picture of uh, here before us tonight, a believer out of fellowship with God. There he was. No fellowship, not one thing in those 40 years was spoken the mo- that God did for him. And he's supernatural. He was out of fellowship. And when the church gets out of fellowship with God, miracles cease, signs and wonders cease, revival cease. When you're out of fellowship with God. God just moves right on out. The thing to do, in other words, to remedy, to prevent this situation, keep the love of God in your heart. Keep in fellowship with Him, and He will add these other things as we mature. And that's where we, as message believers, look, I'm two months away from being 75 years old. I've seen all kinds of stuff in this message, okay? I remember when we could all get together. Oh, it doesn't matter what you believe, brother. I remember your father-in-law. I've been to his house. I've slept in that house. I was at his house when I was 28 years old. A long time ago. And there was a time when we could all just, you know. But what happened? We started figuring things out. Well, this must be this, and that must mean that, and that must be that. But it says here, as we, as we mature, God will give us what we need. These are cute little kids, but we're not going to give them the keys to the car. You know, we're not going to send them to the store to buy something. And so, as we mature, God gives us what we need. Don't worry about it. It's not your business what the, in the millennium. Just live today. And, and if you live your message today, then God might let you get there. But you go worrying about that, putting all your marbles on, on, on whatever, how thick the streets of gold are and whatever more, and you forget what's going on today. Well, you're losing today, and you might lose that too. And your kids are going to hell. And, and what are you doing? You better pay attention today. Okay? So he will add these other things as we mature. And so Moses, out of fellowship, no fellowship out there, strange country among strangers, not his own. She was Ethiopian. He was a Jew. And they're completely out of the reach of God, seemingly. And God all the time knowing that no matter how much of a mess man makes out of the program of God, God's going to straighten it out. Thank God for amazing grace. So, don't expect your relatives and your friends to agree with you. You see things a certain way. And I've got four Baptist brothers that are preachers. they got this same King James Bible I have. And their book of Acts says the same thing mine has. But mine doesn't say anything about baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Neither does theirs. But it's the way they've been taught. And there's no changing it. But Brother Bram says very plainly, he says, if you haven't been baptized according to Acts 2.38, then you haven't been baptized at all. Because the Scripture says, baptized in the name of. Well, what, what that name? Well, what's that name? Well, it's been revealed. Okay. So, um, you think they would be able to understand plain language in your Bible, but God's revealed it to you. You're happy and free. And why can't they see it? prophet has the answer. They have to call us bad names. They have to call the truth bad names. Jesus said, whosoever speaks a word against the Son of Man, he shall be forgiven. When he's doing the same, very same thing, you see, done. But whosoever shall speak against the Holy Spirit, when he comes to do the same thing, that'll never be forgiven. Here or in the other world. They have to do that. There has to be a message like that to make the people make fun of it, 
to show God's justice to condemn the whole world and destroy it. While there's mercy and someone standing in the gap, Jesus Christ, and an open door, won't you receive him, my friend? Won't you just say, yes, Lord, I give. You know. So what am I trying to tell you? Be sober. Pay attention. God sent you a pastor. There's not another one like him. Pay attention. He drives a long way to get here to speak to you, you know. Stay balanced. So we need to get more serious and be sober, not rocked to sleep by, you know, stupid television and commercials and, uh, you know, the gadgets of Laodicea and Internet. Focus on the cross. So our prophet says over 200 times, back to the word. It's not just my idea. It's not just a good suggestion. Back to the word. Now, if it seems um, tedious to you, well, then what you do is you start in the book of John. And when you get done with chapter 1, then you get you a nice clean notebook and you write down what you think you heard, what you read. A little summary, you know, to learn it. Because you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, then you have to learn it somehow, you know. Back to the Bible, back to the Scriptures. It's very important. And, you know, uh, in the vision of Beyond the Curtain of Time, um, all the beautiful things. You could, couldn't even find a word to describe how beautiful it is. You know, the long hair and the teeth and the eyes and all that. Where's Jesus? Well, it's a little higher, you know. So there was something missing. But when they said to him, and you will have to be judged by the things you said. Now, you don't want to hear that from any angel, do you? I don't want to. I'd like to erase a few things. <laughs> but Brother Branham didn't, didn't budge immediately. What about Paul? Well, he'll be judged too. Well, then there's no problem because I have preached everything Paul preached. And all of us that were there, we said, that's what we're depending on. We're not worried about whether he you know, got this right or that right. He preached what Paul preached, you see. So we uh, want to be free of idolatry. Because it's everywhere. So two messages that would be good for you to listen to, and you've probably heard me say this before. But when he preached the seals, that was the highlight of his ministry. You know, he said it himself. But then from there he went to New Mexico and preached the next two messages. The world falling apart. God hiding himself in simplicity. April of 63. Listen to those very carefully. Because now he's away from the tabernacle. He's out there with these other people. He's free. And he says things on there that you won't hear anywhere else. So we have a choice. We can follow what we've faithfully been taught. Or we can follow the norm, the pattern, and make a tradition out of the prophet's life. As humans, we must flee idolatry. Okay, we're trying to finish up here. Um, Daniel the prophet reflected God so perfectly on a certain occasion that the animals saw him. And their jaw just came open. They couldn't take a bite because they saw a reflection of the Creator. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego reflected God in such a powerful manner that the fire couldn't hurt them. Now, you all know the story. You know They wouldn't bow to the image of the prophet of God. They wouldn't bend to their Holy Ghost convictions. And they, they wouldn't bend and they wouldn't burn in the whole fire. And neither will the elect lady. We will not bow to the images. And we're not going to bend to the Holy Ghost conviction that God has given us, and we will not burn. And three kinds of believers, the prophet says, the Gentile kingdom began with the forced worship of a holy man, and the Gentile kingdom goes out with a forced image of a holy man.
So it's happening. So they were reflecting the glory of God. They were God's representatives on the earth. You are God's representatives today. You're the ones that carry the gospel out there in your neighborhoods, you know. And so let's put away the foolishness. Let's get serious before a merciful God. In our scripture that we read, Peter stressed to us, the end of all things is at hand. That's now. Now, he had to say it there and get those people woke up. But it's for now is what it's for. Be ye therefore sober, watch unto prayer. And um, it's written for precisely for believers of Laodicea. We're at the end time. We need to spend more time in sincere prayer. Okay? John writes similarly in 1 John chapter 2. Little children, it is the last time. You know, this is the end. And as you have heard, the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby know that the time is the last time. So, above all things, in other words, the most important thing that you can do every day, have fervent charity, sincere, honest love among yourselves, for charity shall cover a multitude of sins. So, uh, use hospitality one with another without grudging. Oh, man, we've got visitors. We've got we to share my room with somebody. Be nice. <laughs> so God has blessed you so that you can bless somebody else. You know, this, this thing's full. I can't put any more water in there, you know. So you keep asking for blessing. Well, you've got to give some blessing out so that God can bless you. You know, it's the way it works. His angels are busy with a lot of places. That's why he sends you to be a blessing to some people. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as God, good stewards of the manifold grace of God. And so... Um, if, um, you know, God doesn't share his glory with anybody. Anything that is different from the spirit of the scripture and the spirit of the message, which is the same spirit, anything different from that is a seed of discrepancy. Very simple. So may God help us. And we just want to worship the Lamb of God, stay in step with the correct rhythm, and be sober. Any questions? Good. Thank you, Brother George. Let's stand to our feet. I'm reminded of the the last two ministers who visited and spoke here, Brother Paul on the Wednesday night a couple of weeks ago, and Brother George. There's kind of a consistent theme there where Paul, you remember Brother Paul talked about that uh, God said he would give the people of God as signs uh, in, in the last day and out of the book of Isaiah. And <clears throat> sometimes it does not hurt for us to be reminded of something very simple and very fundamental, that your testimony as a believer is something that is as powerful or more powerful than the doctrines you project, that that. That the life that you live, that people watch what you are. People watch what you have become. And, and, and that's an impressive thing. It's a sign that the Holy Spirit's present in a person's life. But you know what? When we, when we think about it and you go back in Scripture and look for examples, and we know that the Scripture talks about Enoch was an example of the last, you know, the person who was uh, taken before the flood came. Enoch's, Enoch's approach or his everyday life was spent doing one thing, not trying to sort out all of the different arguments 
that existed in his time. Scientists who were bent on proving there was no such thing as rain and all the other things that must have been on the internet of their day, whatever it was. But Enoch had one approach and he had one theme in his life. And that was simply this. He walked with God. And he pleased God. And he had a testimony that he pleased God. And God took him. So Enoch's focus was not on what everybody else was doing. Enoch's focus was simply that I, I want to wake up every day and I want to be able to put my head on the pillow at the end of the day and say, I walked with him. I did what he wanted me to do. I commune with him today. I think that's, a, that's a, it, in a sense, it's powerfully simple. It's a powerful thing. It's a very simple thing, but it's a very powerful thing to say that you walk with God every day of your life. I think, and let me tell you, saints of God, I, I just think that that's an important thing. The more that I surrender, the the lighter my load let's sing it tonight let's just worship him for a little bit tonight the more that I surrender the lighter my load the more that I release my cares the more he takes control
I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every Lord, have your way in me. together. Heavenly Father, as we dismiss this service tonight, Lord, I just pray that in every single life, Lord, and these are the personal moments that we have when we we realize, Lord, it, it really just does come down to me and you. That, Lord, I just desire that we would walk in a way like Enoch did, and I pray that you would teach us to do that, Lord. To be able to walk in a way that pleases you. That whatever way you decide we should turn, that, Lord, we would not resist that, but we would turn. We would, we would navigate this life in a way, Lord, that was in harmony with your will for us. Lord, there are many things to be done, but, Lord, there are some things you want me to do, and I want to be sensitive to that. Father, may we not become embroiled in other things that weaken our relationship with you or in any way take away our sensitivity of you. May, Lord, we always be moved by your presence. May we always be moved by the ministry of the word. And, Lord, we ask and pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would just look upon us. And, Father, there are needs among us. There are things we deal with. There are questions we have, Lord, and things that maybe, Lord, have not turned out the way we planned. There are some people, Lord, that are hurting and need your touch. And we just pray, Father, that whatever the need is, we still believe you to be the great healer tonight. You're Jehovah Jireh, you're Jehovah Shalom, the one who brings peace. Father God, I commit the people to you tonight. Pray that you would minister to this assembly, that, Lord, you would just help us, Lord, in this strange time that we live in. That, Lord, even as Enoch walked on this earth and saw strange things take place, 
and saw such mounting opposition to the truth Noah had, yet he still desired to get up every day and walk with you. Lord, may we be like that. We thank you, Lord, for the word tonight and the simple reminders we have that, Lord, all of us need to stay level, balanced with you, that every one of us, Lord, have a responsibility and a role to play. And, Lord, may we never live and walk out of fellowship with you. Bless the balance of our week, we pray. Bring us back, Lord, at the appointed time on the weekend. Father, I pray, Lord, for those other assemblies that are not able to meet, Lord. There are folks that are sick and those that have been in contact, Lord, with this virus. Father, may your hand just rest upon them and give them your healing virtue, I pray. We ask all of these things in the name of Jesus Christ and for your glory. Amen. And all the people said, God bless you this week. We're going to sing this as we go tonight. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Brother George, coming tonight. And I lift my voice to worship you, O my soul, rejoice, take joy, my King. you go tonight.
Almighty, who lives forever.